relationships I go through And I give it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna all right. We're back, people. One more time. I don't. I haven't figured out whether or not people like the new intro or not. Where I don't really do an intro and just kind of say hi. So uh, I guess if you like it or you don't like it, you could let me know at some point. Wouldn't suck if you did that. I am joined today by another repeat guest. One that you know the numbers don't lie. People are clamoring for this guy to return to the podcast, and we. Uh, we're finally making it happen. Welcome back to the program, the one and only Skylar Rancleave from live from Lebanon, Oregon. What's up, Cuz? Not a whole lot. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Just uh, hanging out on this lazy Sunday. La- a lazy Sunday. How's how are uh, how's the weather in Lebanon these days? Today it's actually been sunny. Have you guys been getting clobbered? Well, this last week we've, it's been pretty rainy, but today it's nice and sunny. Went outside and played with the kids for a little bit. That's always nice. Now, I know because of my job, I deal with a lot of uh, trucking companies in Oregon and Washington. There's been a lot of snow up there, but that's mostly stayed like north of like to Salem and north, right? Yeah, we had like maybe maybe three or four days where the snow kind of split up. I think you know. Two days on one week and two days on the next week. Nothing crazy. But yeah, up north was way worse. We only got about two inches down here. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh Donnie Hernison, a uh earlier uh guest on the uh the old podcast here. They've he lives up in Hood River. They've had snow on the ground for like sixty straight days. That sounds horrendous. So that's every time every time our cousin Andrew sends me a Snapchat, he's somewhere out that way and there's snow on the ground and He's out there doing his thing. Yeah. Well, so the last time we talked was uh, August, two Augusts ago. Well, it's been two years, hasn't it? That's correct. And so at that time, you were just about to become a father. You're, you had a yeah. baby on the way. So uh-huh. you are now a father officially with the, you know a child of your own blood living on this Correct. planet. So are you, how's that going for you? Uh, pretty good. She is, uh, well, in my opinion, a very easy baby. And I know a lot of people hate hearing that, but I, I even set my bar pretty low for things. So I'm going to go ahead and say that was probably why, but she's been uh, pretty easy. Do you, do you think that, she is that easy or do you, do you feel like so many people were telling you, Oh, this is going to be so hard. This is going to be so hard. You're going to have to do this. You have to do that, that your expectations were, it, you had a different thing in mind and then she's just, you know, normal baby stuff. Yeah. I mean, there is stuff that I, I, you know, I always hear people talking about, Oh, you know, when my baby's teeth were cutting, you know, you know, they were just crying all the time. I mean, she had two or three teeth cut before we even noticed. Oh, she wow. Just did, she just didn't even care. She, you know, no fever, no crankiness. So, I mean, she was a champ. Uh, only in the last uh, month or so, if she's cutting a few more teeth is when she starts to get a little cranky. So tell, so tell the folks about, uh, about your daughter. How old is she? What's her name? So her name is Moira. Moira, M-O-I-R-A. 
we didn't think that was too weird of a name or a hard name to say. But uh, once we started telling people what her name was going to be, anybody over the age of 50 had a hard time saying it for the most part. <laughs> um, so, you know, my wife and I both have, you know, somewhat odd names. My name is more common anymore. Um, but growing up, it wasn't a normal name. And so we thought we'd uh, also uh, gift that to our daughter with having a somewhat unusual name. Now, uh, now do you... Do you consider Skylar to be a girl's name that's been given to a boy? Is that does it fall into that range? So, or is it, or is it just know, an odd name? Well, so you got to remember, '82 is when I was born, right? And there weren't a whole lot of Skylers, and the only Skylers I ever ran into were girls, if I did. Um, and then I also found out about ten years ago that my name is spelt the feminine way. So you know, it's pretty much a girl's name to me. Nice. Okay, because I have I have a, a a buddy whose name is Dana, and he is he often refers to himself as being part of a a club of uh, the club of guys with girls' names club. So I was just curious if I'll I'll reach out to him and see if we can't get you a a membership into that club. There's some there's some pretty badass dudes in that club. So. Well, first off, his name's Dana, so I mean, like, first thing I think of is Dana White, and that's pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, Dan, and Dana Wessel is Dana Dana Wessel. Dana Wessel is pretty much a badass. So, hopefully, he'll be on the podcast soon, and, and you'll get to get to hear some of his stories. And uh, he's he's an interesting dude. He's another he's another one of us, as in wrestling nerds. So uh, he'll be oh. he'll be fun to chat with. That's good. I don't know too many of them, so I got to reach out when I can. That's right. It's, there's it, for for such a for a, for a program that gets such a wide and varied audience, you sir you certainly don't seem to see a lot of them anymore. No, and I hate that people still look at you like you're fucking crazy because you like wrestling. It, it doesn't it piss you off that all these people that turn their nose up you uh, turn their nose up at you for watching wrestling are also watching like the fucking Kardashians and uh, all that other horseshit that's on Bravo and yeah, I've had a few friends who even turned over because once I made those, um, once I said something similar to that, like well you know it's just as fake as any of your reality shows, uh, they started to realize and also because of that whole total divas thing, I've had a few friends that are female who have slowly come to the dark side of watching actual wrestling heaven forbid right i've been i've i i will say i have not watched total divas that's a bridge that's a bridge too far for me i will say that i have watched total divas and all for the wrong reasons oh please elaborate (laughs) so one, I mean, it's hot chicks, right? Of course. Right. Okay. And then there's the wrestling nerd in me that like, oh, a lot of this show takes place backstage. Maybe I'll get that glimpse of the, you know, background behind the stage world of professional wrestling. The gorilla so position will be on. Little, so whenever they do the little backstage segment on that show, I'm always looking in the background like, oh, there's Cesaro. Oh, there's Bray Wyatt. I thought he's supposed to be some kind of supernatural being. But no, he's back there eating catering. You know, something like that. So it cracks me up. 
So you're you're like me. You like the backstage. Like you like knowing about what's going on. Or you oh, and you yeah. want to get that little. See, for me, I watch far less wrestling than I've ever watched in my entire life. But I feel like I know way more about the business than I ever have because I spend so much time listening to guys like Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. I'll do their podcast and I read, I religiously read the Wrestling Observer newsletter every week. Yeah. And it went, it used to be, you know, 40 pages and now it's routinely 70 pages. I think either this week or last week was 92 PDF pages. Jeez. So, you know. Dave, Dave is real, and and not and because Dave not only gets into WWE, but he's also covering mixed martial arts, UFC stuff, and you know right. New Japan and Mexico and Ring of Honor and all that sort of stuff. So it, anytime there's a, a big story that breaks, you know Dave's got five thousand words to write about it at least. So we uh, yeah, that, no go he's ahead. Been around for. Go ahead. I was just saying that guy's been around forever. Oh, Dave Meltzer? Yeah. I mean, he's been I've I have been aware of Dave Meltzer since nineteen ninety seven. And I've I, I think I got my first subscription to the Observer in two thousand one. Yeah. And I, I haven't been a continuous subscriber since two thousand one, but I've been a continuous subscriber to the Observer since he merged with um, Brian Alvarez's figure four newsletter, which God, I want to say was seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Maybe not quite that long, but it's, it's been quite a while. Yeah. I just remember cause I used to, I was old school, you know, cause I was, we didn't really, I mean, we had internet, but it wasn't like super readily available to every home, but I just remember him from, you know, the old magazines I would, you know, sometimes, uh, steal from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing wrestling magazines from Walmart. All right. It was just one of those things where I was like, I deserve to have this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I probably should have done that. No. And now, I think I like isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that you used to steal magazines from Walmart and now you work in juvenile detention? That's correct. Hmm. So I have a. I have a background in it so I can relate to those kids. <laughs> so you know you know what these little fellas are thinking. Right. The only issue is is I never got in trouble, so it's because you were smarter than them. You what? You were smarter than them. Well, yeah. I mean that's yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to uh talk to my stepbrother Lauren and he would always get mad at me because he would say things like, Well you you stay out late and you do you do you do things that you're not supposed to, but you don't get in trouble. I was like, well, it's because I'm not stupid enough to get caught. You know, <laughs> right. I don't I don't come home and stumble down the stairs and you know be an idiot. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta keep it under control. Well, stealthy, stealth. You know, for 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 the man for for the size of person I am. I, I had honed my covert skills quite well, I would say. <laughs> right? I, I think that's a Rancleave trait in general. It's got to be. It has. It's It's got to be the Norwegian than us. Right? That that uh, Viking stalker gene. The, the warrior. The warrior that lives deep inside of us. 
Not the ultimate, right, not right. the ultimate warrior. Just you know, the regular warrior. <laughs> the regular warrior. <laughs> so let's go back to to Moira. So you had when when was Moira, Moira born? September third. So it was about a month after I was there. Yeah, because there was the chance that. Uh, Bo was going to go into labor while you were there. Correct. I rem- I do remember that we had actually. I think we started the the. Po- I, I went back and listened to a little bit of the podcast that we did, and we talked about you should probably have your cell phone turned on just in case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> so it's going to happen. Happen. Exactly. So we're what uh, a year and a half. Just about. Yeah. Just a so year. Last and- September, she had a year. So in in that time. What's uh? What are some of the things about you that has changed? Do you do you notice that you you think about things differently, or you do things differently, or um, your perception of things is different? Uh, I would say. I mean, I already had a pretty good perception of raising kids already, because I you know partially raised my nieces. Um, but uh, I would say probably one thing that's probably changed the most is uh, maybe I'm a little bit more of a wuss when I see, like, really crappy pictures of, like, kids hurt or something. I think that's probably changed a little more. We- like, uh, that ser- was it the, the immigrant of a little kid drowned on the beach? Right. Like, that one probably hit me pretty hard. Just, you know, and probably a year before that, I probably wouldn't have... I mean, it's sad, but I probably wouldn't have been as... Uh, freaked out by it as i am now and we talked we actually talked about in the, our last podcast about uh our propensity to uh to cry so uh <laughs> do you do you find yourself do you get um, overly emotional about little different things that you see do you have, do you do you find yourself that there's little things that she does that trigger those emotions and also did you cry um when you uh you know in the delivery room slash you know resting labor recovery sort of thing oh yeah i was a mess in the labor room (laughs) uh so yeah so luckily my lovely sister erica um was with me and she had been a part of a few births um bo was in the hospital for probably i think we hit our 20th hour and they told us that she had to have an emergency c-section and that was because the uh, moira was trying to come out face first um and so if she were to do that it would break the bones in her face basically yeah that that doesn't sound good right and then the other and then this is like another added weird part is that when the doctor went to check her you know put her finger up there uh, Moira started sucking on the doctor's finger. What? Yeah. Uh, and the doctor looked at me and said, I've been doing this for 19 years, and that is the first time that has ever happened to me. Huh. So, basically, if she was ready to eat. Exactly, yeah. That was, see, I see. I was going to make that joke, you know? She was already ready to come out and, and have her first meal. I mean, that's, right, right. I, I would, that's the first thing I would be thinking. I was like, all right, when I get out of this joint, who's feeding me? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, she just she just know, she just assu- she just assumed she was getting room service. Correct. Yeah. That's that's what I'm going to go ahead and I'm going <laughs> to think that as well. 
Yeah. So, so that happened. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to do emergency C-section. And so the part with that, that, that was one irritating because we did the whole birthing class thing. Right. Right. One, I hated it. It was, I, it was, I felt like it was stuff I already knew and I already looked up and read about. So that part bothered me. Two, I asked, well, what do we do about if there's a C-section? And, sh- and the, the doula or whatever she was was basically like, oh, you know, those very rarely happen. And, and you know, it's not something you really need to worry about. If it happens, it happens. But they rarely happen. And then, you know, next thing I know, we're prepping for surgery. Um, and then that anesthesiologist came in and was basically making us sign all these papers and Bo was basically ready to pop. Like, she's like, I'm ready to push. You know, I want to put, I want to get her out. And they're like, you got to hold it. You got to hold it. We got to wait till C-section. And then the anesthesiologist basically was going all over all this paperwork. And like, it was super scary because they were basically like saying, you know, if she dies, it's not our fault, basically. And uh, um, he meant, and then during all that, he did mention that, you know, she could be nauseous during the procedure. So fast forward to the, uh, surgery room i go in there my my sister goes in there with me i'm like freaking out like i'm crying i'm not like blubbering but i'm crying i'm just like this is nuts right so they pull moira out they wrap her up her face is just swollen like because it had just been her contractions were pushing moira's face into her pelvic bone basically so her face was really swollen it was bruised right but she, she looked like a little little garbage pail baby basically she was so <laughs> beat up and so uh i go over they're like oh she's fine you know she's good and this and that and i went over and held her and then i they wrapped her up and i cut the cord it was all real quick and uh they're like you can go take her over to the to your wife and i was like okay and i brought her over there and i you know showed her to Bo. Bo's laying there getting sewed up, you know, and Bo looks at the baby and she turns her head the other way. And my first thought, because I had been doing the responsible thing of reading about all the different things that can happen before and after uh, pregnancy was that she was rejecting the baby. Right. I was like, Oh my gosh, she's rejecting the baby. What's going on? And so I was like, Oh, Moira, she's here, and then she just kept turning her head, and then, and then the doctor was like, "Well, let's let's clean her up some more." And so they took her back over there. I went over both. I was like, "Are you okay?" You know, dumb question. You know, she's cut up on a right on a surgery table and an operating table, and and she goes, "No, I just I thought I was gonna puke, and I didn't want to puke on Moira." <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. I was like, "Okay, good. Whew, no, I deal with that." Now, one thing one thing I want to say real quick is that lady who told you the thing about cesarean sections is full of shit. Yeah. Because I'm looking well, at I'm looking at CDC CDC stats. Final data for 2014, cesarean sections by percentage in the United States, 32.2%. So if you're telling me 3 out of 10 is not that much, I call bullshit. Right. Right, right. That seems like something they and, should maybe, you know, spend a few minutes talking about. Yeah, it was a little freaky. So, and and the other thing is that the other lady who was having a baby that night, or that, yeah, that night, also had a C-section. 
And even the doc, the doctors were saying, well, it's pretty rare that we have two C-sections in a night, but tonight's the night, so. They're just going to have those kind of nights, I guess. I, I guess so. Well, you know, like, you know the whole thing about when I was born and your sister, right? Because your sister was born a day before me. No, tell me the story. Well, I was something crazy. It's just there was six or seven girls born that night, and that was the only boy. Nice. So yeah. you, you like to you like to stand out in the crowd, sir. Or I'm forever doomed to be around women my whole life. Well, is that doom? Come on now. We're we we well, we're moving into the age of women, sir. Have you not been paying attention to the news? Oh, don't don't put me in that light. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived with them my whole life. You know I can't be in that light. Uh, no, I just, it's always uh, it's always been women, 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 women everywhere. So, which can be a blessing. Don't get me wrong, but I, I it's like you know, like a dude to hang out with once in a while. The only dude I have in my house is my dog. You know, when I think about it. We were around a lot of women all the time. Yeah. When, and I know that we, I mean, you and I didn't hang out a ton when we were kids, but I mean, now that I think about it, it seemed like it was always me and my mom and Bonnie and Andrew and Heather. So, I mean, it was, and grandma. Well, at least you had Andrew. This is true. I did have Andrew. Yeah, Hans and I didn't grow up together. My brother, your cousin, obviously, um... But we didn't grow up together, so it was just me, my sister, and the fact that my mom was a beautician. We had a beauty shop, so you know what that meant. Women, women, women. Yeah. So you know my my and then my, my, wife, my dad's my wife her family, her family is predominantly women. The men are you know not around. So right. my my so, my dad's mom women? my dad's mom owned a beauty shop in Mill City. Oh yeah, she did. That's why he always. That's my, why my dad always had such great haircuts. Is because grandma always just took care of his hair. She right. might just see my dad's. Should see my dad's senior picture. Oh, the quaff that that fella had. Oh, it was magnificent. It was a beautiful thing, man. He had he had one of those frizzy white uh, frizzy uh, white boy fros. Glorious, <laughs> so great. Well, so no Aquanet needed. No Aquanet, no, 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 not needed uh, at all. Nice. So, what have you, what have you learned in the last year and a half? Even though you were, you, you thought you were prepared. What, what's, what's something that you've learned that that you didn't realize that you should have known? Oh, um. See, cause I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ever having kids, so I'm never going to learn these lessons. It's kind of hard to say. I, uh, I think the weirdest thing is just seeing a little genetic version of you. Right. Because she looks an awful lot like me. If you look at our baby pictures, we look like the same kid. So it's really weird to like see that. I don't know how to explain that, but it's just this weird like, oh, that's me. That's the way I put my arm down. That's the way my face, or that's the face I make when, you know, something happens. It's just kind of, it's that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's the one thing that caught me off guard is how weird that is. So you're seeing like a living representation of what you were like in pictures that you've seen when you were little. You're like, hey, like if I look at this picture, I see myself in this little child. And now I get to 
do things with her and interact with her and I'm like seeing myself and that I, I could see how that could be weird. Yeah. So I think that's the only thing that's really caught me off guard for the most part. Um, and like I said, all the other stuff has been pretty easy with her. She, I mean, I mean, I've got her going to bed on her own, no fussing or fighting, you know, in her room by herself in her crib. Like, like that's one of the biggest things you hear people complain about with kids and, We've had no issue there, so that that once again, I think that that is the Norwegian in us. We're <laughs> yeah. just honestly, I mean, we're Norwegian. We're just better than everybody else. I mean, that's what it comes <laughs> uh, down to. Sounds a little scary. Nah, I mean, not like, not like, not like Nazis or anything. But I mean, you know, we're we're <laughs> we're. <laughs> We uh, we don't we don't brag about how great we are. It's just fact. Right, right. You know, we don't. It's it's one of those things where when you it's it's one of those things where you see someone walk in the room and you just know that that person is awesome. That's that's being Norwegian. Correct. It just you know people know not to fuck with you. Right. Not, not so much me because I don't have one of those glorious beards that all you fuckers can grow. But I do. do I considerably. But I do have. I do have all my hair. So. I have most of my hair. That is. That is. Technically, have all my hair. Right. I remember. I remember seeing. I remember seeing a picture of Hans, um, in a football uniform, and he was already going bald. Right. I was like, yeah. I was was like, please God, don't let that happen to me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i surprised i still have hair because uh everything i've done to it during high school i'm surprised it's still there so one of the things that that i picked up on when i went back and listened to the conversation we had before is is the the connection that you and Hans had had with music and and that uh that connection like you said because you guys didn't live together but how you found those that you had all these similarities once you guys started started to hang out again and it made me think about a story that uh i you know how we would do the drawing of names for christmas and i was so excited because one year i got haunts and i was like all right yeah i got haunts like because i looked up to haunts because haunts was the oldest cousin and he was he was a boy and that was awesome and i wanted i wanted him to think i was cool and so i got him i got him a public enemy t-shirt for christmas because that's that was what he wanted that was that that's a that's a memory that i always keep i was like oh i got to get haunts a public enemy shirt and i remember making my mom go to i can't remember how many places we went we finally found one like at music land or something like that (laughs) and my mom and for those of you that are listening that don't know what music land is that there there used to be these things called stores in malls where you would go buy cds there are these little discs that had music on them, and you had to. I'm like, sure at that time they were still selling tapes. Um, you know, actually, yes, they would have still been selling cassette tapes. Yes. Yeah. Did, did you ever? Did you miss the window of buying singles on little cassettes within the little cardboard inserts? 
That was before I would I the only time I had dealt with music then was like through my sister. So I grabbed whatever C D she had and that or not CDs, but any tape she had. So she would give me a lot of her singles that she would get. That, and that, it was anything from like Cinderella to Prince to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember. I I I would always go wherever we were and I would go and look through the singles with whether I was at Fred Meyer or in the mall or whatever, I'd go through and I'd look at the singles to try to find something that I, something I really wanted, but buying being able to buy haunts that public enemy shirt. I I didn't even know what the hell public enemy was. <laughs> I was like, he wants this. This looks bad at, this is so awesome. And I'm going to get right. it for him. So I don't, I don't even know if he remembers that he got that shirt or not, but I remember that because it was that was at your mom's place, right? Or was that Andrew's? I don't remember where we gave it to him. Well, I specifically remember because um, it was the same Christmas that Andrew, because Andrew and I always got the same gift because yep. we were close in age, and we got our teddy bear sleeping bags that year. <laughs> which uh, Andrew still has his. Of course he does. And right. And uh, I remember, because whoever's room we were playing in, they had Thundercats and Mass Toys. I would think that would have had to be mine. Right, and that's why I think it was your your place. And then I also that, remember... Yeah, it um, was. It yeah. was, because that, that was... We, we lived in Albany then. Okay, so that makes sense. So it would have been when we and were I living remember, over by Lynn Benton. Okay. I remember Hans getting that shirt because I would sneak watching MTV when I was little, late at night, and I remember seeing the Public Enemy insignia, because it was the Crosshairs, right? Yep. Yeah, it was the Crosshairs shirt with the Public Enemy. So I remember seeing that, knowing that it was that thing on MTV I'd seen before. That was, and I just remember being like, "This is gonna be the coolest thing ever." And then I, I remember that we got it for him, but I don't remember the actual Christmas of it happening. And do, did you, did you ever get one of the cards from Grandma that had the quarters taped inside? That sounds familiar. I think so. Yeah, like a five, like a five pound Christmas card because she had taped like ten dollars worth of quarters to the inside. Yeah, I totally haven't thought about that in years. That's funny. Yeah, That's, I do remember that. That was one of those. She was trying to figure out how to do Christmas for everybody, and she uh, that she was she was a very special lady, and I it, it's it's sad that I think we ended up missing out on a lot of. I, I think you us kids got kind of screwed out of some some special people with how sick our our grandparents got at such a young age for us and how did you did you get to know grandpa wally very much no i i only knew wally kind of you know no i i only remember um basically really cranky grandpa wally that's all i remember right and that was when he was at his sickest i believe so that would be why he was extra cranky yeah, exactly. I I mean, I get a cold and I'm cranky, so I can only imagine all the poking and prodding and all the bullshit that he had to go through. How that's I would I would get on my little scooter and try to get the hell out of there too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember uh, me and Andrew getting in tons of trouble when their little trailer they lived in. 
<laughs> Grandpa would get pissed. I remember Andrew Andrew and I would, because he had one of those chairs yep. that, like, lifts up, you know, for him to get up on it, help him get up on his own. Yep. He was, he was asleep in that chair, and I remember me and Andrew, like, reached, like, snuck behind the chair, and we, like, pressed the button for it to lift <laughs> while he was sleeping. Oh, you rascals. And I remember him grabbing his cane and, like, banging it around, like, you little sons of bitches. <laughs> so, oh, that's um, so great. I mean, we were dicks, too, I guess, so it was equal, I guess. <laughs> that That is also a very Rancleave thing. Right. <laughs> so overall being a dad meeting expectations above expectations i would say meeting expectations. yeah yeah like i said i had a pretty good uh uh i had pretty good practice before moira with my nieces so just not newborn baby practice all right well, that's exciting stuff. I just have to tell. I know everyone has to be riveted by these conversations, but I don't care because I like talking to you. So, and I mean, I can tell you that our numbers are huge, huge, huge. The last time you were on, so I know everyone's going to be excited that you're back. Yay! So let's let's talk about some nerdy things because there's all kinds of nerdy things that have gone on in the last year and a half. Since yeah. since you were last on the show, so we're looking at August of 2015 to now. When you look back at that time frame, what's what's the coolest nerdy thing that that's happened that that to you? Like when you look, you're, I know you've kind of been inundated with a new job and you know having Moira and the nieces and all that sort of stuff, but. What's uh when you look at it, what where where are you seeing things that you're excited about? Um so I'm super excited for the new Guardians movie. Um, because I think that movie just completely stands out on its own to all the other movies. Um Well, did you hear the good news about that movie? Uh, it depends. There's a lot of good news about that movie. So it was recently screen tested. Oh yeah, and it yeah. received a perfect 100 score. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what that, how that scoring works. Right. Yeah. But it was one of those things where, which is funny because I one of the other things that I I listened to when I went back and listened to our podcast is we talked about how they had shown a cut of. Superman versus Batman, and it received a standing ovation from Warner Brothers executives, and we all know how right. well that uh, that played out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know, and it all could have been in how it's edited, you know, because like there's movies out there like uh, you know uh, Topher Grace. Yeah, from the that seventy show. show. He uh, re-edited the Phantom Menace. From what? Star Wars, yeah, he re-edited it, and according to the people who saw it, because apparently it's hard to find, um, they said it made the way he edited it is it became a good movie. So he cut out all of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't know what he did exactly, but you know, I've heard that before with you know some friends of mine that do movies and stuff. He like it's all in the editing, really really helps in how you tell the story and 
for can sure. really make a difference. Um, well, you you talk about editing. I mean, the first the first edit of the event the the original Joss Whedon Avengers movie was uh-huh. completely different tonally. Correct. And they went in and, and changed it around. And from the way, like from the little differences that I saw on some of the extras and stuff like that, had they gone with the tone as they had originally planned, I don't think it would have been anywhere near the movie that it was. Yeah. Do you mean as in a good movie or as in just I, a totally different type of movie? B- both. Both, Because yeah. I think it would have been, I think it would have been a little bit more it it was told from i think it was told more from colby smolder's perspective oh and if i'm remembering right i it's there's so many i mean we're getting into year 11 of of these marvel movies so they all you know the little nuances and bits and pieces of stuff which can i just say hats off to kevin feige and all the people at marvel the fact that that they've been able to do this run as well as they have. I mean, all you have to do is look at these DC movies and I, I love the fact that we are getting these comic book movies, even from DC, even when they aren't great, it's still like, Hey, Holy shit. Batman and Superman just punched each other in the face on screen. That's awesome. The movie wasn't awesome, but we still got the movie, which is cool. And that just means that, there's possibilities that great things could still, you know, come from those characters. Right. But the fact that we're yeah. 11, we're 11 years into this, the Marvel thing. did you see the, like the four minute video that Marvel put out the other day about like the start of production for the new Avengers movie for the infinity war? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a little bit of it the other day. You just you you just start to remember that, holy shit! Like all of this stuff is interwoven, and they're gonna bring it all together. And you had mentioned in the the previous podcast that you look at these movies as like comic books themselves, and how right? Because um, we were talking that was not long after they had um, put Affleck in as Batman, and how you looked at it right. as. Uh, the movies are like comics and how the artists can change and the writers can change. And, you know, comics have been doing that sort of thing for decades. And I, and I look and, and it gave me some perspective on the movies that Marvel is putting together. If you look at it, it's, it's really one long comic book story arc that we're getting different books out of, you know, Instead of a monthly book as a comic, every four or five months we get, hey, here's the here's the Thor book. You're gonna this is the story we're gonna give you for this, and then we're gonna give you an Iron Man story, and then we're gonna give you this, and then we're gonna bring it all together for a special crossover, and then you. So it's it's really impressive that they've been able to do that, but at the same time, super smart because comics it's it's worked for in actual comics for decades so why wouldn't it work in the movies right or anytime there's been like a sitcom that crosses over with a sitcom people are like what 
You know, like, that's the same universe, that's the same thing, and people would clamor to go see that. Speaking of so, speaking, I mean, speaking it, of crossovers, real quick, did you want did you see any of the Fortnite CW crossover event? I got some of it. I uh, so in the middle of me watching those shows, Hulu changed their um, contracts with uh, CW, so now those shows are not on Hulu anymore. So I haven't been able to watch them. But when the seasons are over with. Eight days later, the whole that season will be available on Netflix. Oh, so those aren't on Hulu anymore. That's weird. Not on Hulu anymore, so I haven't been able to watch them because I don't do cable. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a pain in the ass. I was like, where the hell are my shows one day? And then I went online and read all about it. So, those so i got to wait to watch until Netflix. And just in talking about crossing over, it was it was so cool to see... You know, it started with, you know, you get Supergirl, which, by the way, I mean, Supergirl is a really, really fun show. Yeah, I like it a lot. It, it reminds me of, like, how when The Flash first started, it's a fun show. Yeah. And you get Barry and you get Barry into that world, and then they kind of all cross over into the Flash world, and then they cr- cross over into Arrow world, and you get this all their interaction between all those characters. It's just, it's a lot of fun. And some of my favorite episodes of, of flash and arrow are, are those crossover episodes because it's like, Oh, I get to see the two characters that I really like on these two shows come together and they get to do one episode. And it's, it's so awesome. And that's, I think that's what so many of us were hoping for with Batman versus Superman. And it, it was missing the fun. Or too much of what the director thought was fun. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing with Zack Snyder, in my opinion, is is visually he has awesome movies, and in reality, I can only think of like two movies of his that I actually really like, and all of all the rest are kind of like meh. Yeah, it's I don't know. It, but they it's frustrating. look amazing. It's just story-wise, it's kind of like, eh, boring. Yeah, and it's... Or something you, wildly different and, you know, doesn't make sense, I guess. I don't know. How how disappointed were you in Batman vs. Superman? So, um, unfortunately, I read some critic things without too many spoilers before I went and saw it. And I was like, oh, the reviews are mixed. People say they hate it. People say they like it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go in 50-50. This might be a bad movie. So I went in, and I was like, okay, I like what they're doing so far. And then as it just kind of progressed, I was just like, yeah, parts of this are cool looking, but I feel like they you know, didn't need to go this route with this character. And then it started feeling like they're pushing everything together that they didn't need to, like they were throwing things in that weren't necessary. And which is kind of, you know, kind of what I thought was going to happen, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, that movie just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it it should have been good, but it wasn't. And then on the opposite spectrum, how surprised were you about how great Deadpool was? Um, I wasn't, I mean, I was surprised at how good it was, but I knew it was going to be good only because 
when you got directors and writers and the guy starring in it all on the same page and have been trying to do it for the last probably 10 years, um, you knew that they were going to be like putting their heart and soul into it. So I, I kind of, I was still surprised at how good it was, but I, I going into it, I just knew it was going to be a good movie. Are with the fact that Tim Miller is out of the picture for the second one, are you nervous about it being good again? Or given that it's still Ryan Reynolds basically running the show, that they'll find a way to make it what they want it to be and live up to? I mean, they've they've set a pretty high bar for themselves to, to do the next one. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's still the same writers. I think. I haven't heard anything about the writers changing. I, so be- I, hope I believe so. Be yeah, I, I feel like it'll still be good. Those be different. And, uh, yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, a lot of people, you know, if you look at movies and the writers who write them, a lot of the times, you know, the writer is the reason why it's working so well. Right. And uh, unless a director, you know, majorly screws it up, you know, or editor, then that could, you know, change the course of it. But I, I feel like it'll still be pretty good. And now that they've established the first movie, because a lot of people were questioning whether that movie was going to make any money because it was going to be rated R. And then it ended up being, you know, the highest gross R-rated movie of all time, I think. Um, you know, that proved them wrong. So they've got their established world and, and humor and the way it's going to be. So, you know, I think they're going to be all right after that. And R-rated comedy is R-rated uh, comic book movie is the perfect segue into into this next part, which is you. Your favorite characters are the X-Men characters, right? Yeah. How did how did you become such a big X-Men fan? Because I know that that is that's kind of where was that were those the first characters that you saw, or how did you gravitate to those guys? Um, so I think it's a mix of toys and the antique store in my town that was selling X-Men classic books, uh, for 10 cents a piece. Oh my God. I still have, yeah, I still have those books. They're, I mean, they're just, they're re reissues of, uh, stories of the X-Men in the eighties. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I got those books, and then I started reading them, and then I started uh, – we had a KB toy store, which sold all the X-Men toys, and I'm uh, I'm a, uh, obsessed with action figures, even still to this day. I don't buy them ever anymore, but I used to have a big collection. And so when I see those X-Men uh, toys, and then the cartoon came out, and then I had one friend in school who was a little bit older than me, Jeremy, who was also into them, so it was kind of like our thing. And so I think it was kind of a mixture of all those things. I kind of discovered it at an antique store and then kind of moved up from there. And so with the X-Men, they, were they the first like comic book characters that you got into? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler were probably the first ones I really kind of gravitated towards. I really liked them. And then I was like the Hulk, even though he's not X-Men, but he still ties in with the X-Men with Wolverine and all. Um, those three characters are probably my my favorite. So then that begs the, this question: two the two questions. One, how disappointed were you with the most recent X Men movie? And how excited are you that we're getting an R rated o- Old Man Logan movie? 
So, um, the last X-Men movie, I was a little disappointed in. I didn't think it was great. Um, it was just kind of more forgettable to me, I guess. Uh, it just, you know, nothing stuck out with it. I mean, I was kind of excited to have like Apocalypse because that was one of the characters I, one of the bad guys I liked. And, uh, that whole thing about, yeah, it was just kind of forgettable. I think it just, there wasn't much to it. I I like that they went the whole route with certain characters from the eighties and how they looked in the eighties. But yeah, it was just, I don't know. Story was just kind of forgettable. Um, and then with Logan, I'm trying not to get my hopes up with it. Um, cause I've been burned by the previous Logan or Wolverine movie. Um, but it does look cool. Uh, they got a whole kind of apocalyptic, uh, vibe to it. And they've got a real Johnny Cash vibe to it with the song. And if you even notice the logo in the Logan part where it's black and white, it's just like the last cash album versus cash and black and white, yep. same font and everything. So, I mean, it looks cool. It's totally uh, something that I would be interested in, but I, you know, I've been burned before, so I try not to get too excited for it. Do you, do you sometimes just kind of shake your head about if you would have told, you know, 13-year-old Skyler, hey, if you wait 20 years, you're going to get Old Man Logan on a movie, or you're going to get batman superman punching each other in the face or they're gonna bring apocalypse onto this you know the big screen even though it wasn't great that you know don't worry it's gonna pay off like more and more people are gonna get to see this stuff well if i was if i was that age and i got to see it today i probably would love it you know yeah, because I, like, I don't. I'm too jaded and know too much about the storylines and characters now that it's you know it has to be a certain way, otherwise I'm not going to like it. <laughs> right. But if you but you could go and tell tell that version of yourself, hey, enjoy this stuff. But in 20 years, you're going to be able to go and see them on. It, it, I I just love the fact that we live in the world where they're doing these movies. Oh yeah, totally. It's we have we have the technology now, so it's uh, it's really cool. I get excited whenever I hear about a new project coming up. That's a comic book I read when I was a kid. So yeah, I, I get excited for it. Still, I just try not to uh, get too excited, otherwise I because uh, you don't want the letdown. Hated- well, like Transformers. Like I was a huge. I, I have a Transformer tattoo. Like I'm a huge Transformers fan. I still have a bunch of Transformers. Those movies are shit. Yes. I've gone in and watched every one of them, and I'm still like, maybe this one's going to bring it around, and then nothing. So, um... The the last yeah. one, the last one with Mark Wahlberg especially, Jesus, that movie's like 45 minutes too long. Right, and then they killed off the best thing in it, which was T.J. Miller. Yes. So... Here we're gonna, gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cast one of the funniest dudes on the planet to be in this movie, and he's gonna be the comic relief. But we're gonna kill him in the first thirty minutes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, don't I, understand that one at all. I remember because I don't. I didn't see that one in the theater. I did the very first when the very first Transformers movie came out. I was at a midnight showing for that movie because I was so excited. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. 
Optimus Prime is going to be on screen on the big screen with the real voice, and it's not going to be a cartoon. And they're treating this shit seriously. And I actually dug the movie, but it all like it just went down. Like I can watch that movie and just appreciate it for what it is, which is a Michael Bay yeah. movie that is, you know, too many shots in slow motion of things exploding, and you know, and an actress that can't really act it just looks good on a big screen even though she has ginormous man hands right <laughs> have you ever <laughs> i don't that's not nice we shouldn't talk about her hands like that she's i'm sure she's a wonderful person right <laughs> but the uh the fact that they just keep and i guess those movies make so much money they just keep letting michael bay make them until they don't make any money right yeah, that kind of goes back to uh, if it was 12-year-old Skyler, he, he's in love with it, and he loves every bit of it, and he's going to buy all the toys for it. Do you think Do you think we're going to ever get a, a good He-Man movie? Uh, I, in my opinion, we already do. You love Masters <laughs> of the Universe? I, went, I re-watched it uh, last year, and I, I still kind of liked it. I mean, I, I, I read a bunch of history about, like, you know, how it was made and everything, and, like, it was a total shit show halfway through the movie. Right. Which is why it makes the total change in it and everything, but I still appreciate it, I guess. Speaking of things that we were super excited for them to add more onto and then got disappointed, but now get to be excited again, how amazing were... First, I mean, we haven't talked since the, the new Star Wars movie came out, and then we also got a Rogue One movie, so... How excited were you about seeing those? So super excited. Um, Force Awakens. I I liked it a lot. I it annoyed me that it's the same story as A New Hope, but I I still liked it. I didn't really. I mean, it bothered me a little bit because it was kind of predictable. Um, but uh, I I still liked it. Do you do you think JJ they took a little too much to heart of? people that were upset about the prequels not being anything like the original trilogy. And they're like, we're going to give you what you want and we're going to do the, and then they, they gave us what the, so much of what we liked, except it was basically a, a recreation of a new hope. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I hope that's not what he got out of it in the sense of like the storyline. Like I love that he brought back the practical effects, you know, like the real effects, not so much CGI. Like, and I think that's the, the real thing that people were wanting was that, that feel of a movie. Right. Um, but, uh, storyline wise. Yeah. I, I hope that's not what he picked up on. Cause like I said, it was super predictable. If, if you've seen a new hope, so. well, that's kind of, it, it kind of felt like that to me. It was like, well, so the, maybe it wasn't JJ, but someone was like, everyone got mad that the, the, the first three movies weren't, you know, they didn't feel like star Wars movies. And so, you know, let's do, you know, what we can. I, I, but I know I've heard a lot of people of, can we be done with Death Stars, please? Right. Yeah. I mean, we we have a Death Star, a Death Star, and then a Death Planet. Can we, you know, come up with after all these years? That's the best they could come up with was a, uh, you know. But I mean, hey, if you can build a planet that can kill other planets, I mean, I think you know, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah, I guess the other issue is that they could have pulled from the 
20 plus years of um, expanded universe stories. Right. Even. So, I mean, there's so much more out there that they could have at least taken bits from or, you know, just straight up done the story of that, you know, what I, instead of... One of the things that I loved the most about it was is that they... They they gave us Ray and Ray is a badass, and it right. and it makes it makes it so younger girls have someone that they can look at like a lot of us looked at Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and be like oh okay she is badass so now they have someone to look up to and the fact that not everyone in that movie was white I thought John Boyega was awesome in that movie yeah yeah he was. And yeah, I, yeah, part, you know, that's like nothing different really. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that so much because I thought the story was good enough. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to really focus on that, but I know that was a big deal for, uh, the people that were casting it and the director and stuff to, you know, change up the, the whitewashing of it, or if you want to call it that. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was all good. So it was, it was casted right, essentially, not necessarily by color, but just casted right in general. What did you think of Rogue One? Oh, I loved Rogue One. I actually think I liked Rogue One more than Force Awakens. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I. it was one of those, uh, it was, you know, a line that was uttered in a few, in the early movies that was turned into a whole movie. Yeah, and that's... That seems that seems like that's something they could easily do is just mine all of that all of those little things, you know. And I think you know we're gonna get a young a young Han Solo movie. And we're there, I think there's so many movies that they could do as a Star Wars story and really just never run out of things to do. And if if Rogue One proved anything is that it doesn't have to be one of the trilogy movies for it to make a billion dollars. No, and especially if it's Star Wars. You exactly. Know? Tag it with Star Wars. Hey, this is in this universe. You know, you have all of these hundreds and thousands and millions of people that love this universe and are going to come out and see these movies as long as you give them a reason to come out and you don't slap them in the face and make shitty movies. You know, you can... If you, if you do enough good movies... You know, you can do one that's not great or whatever, and they don't all have to be perfect. But if you continue to give a loyal fan base a reason to come out, they're going to continue to support those movies. Right, right. Yeah, and and I think that's why uh, Disney picked up on that and threw money at it and said, let's do this. And, and so they paid what? They paid $4 billion for Lucasfilm and the Star Wars universe or whatever. I mean, in yeah. two two movies, just the... And I, I realize that, you know, production costs and marketing and all that stuff. I know they spent way more money, but they've made two movies, and they've those two movies have grossed over three billion dollars. So I would say that they've probably made a good investment. Oh yeah, they're make they're it, they're going to make their money back real quick. We uh, so what uh, overall did you did you get excited when you would see like little uh, Easter eggs from? the other movies and, and little stuff on, on Rogue One? Yeah, I, I was... Let's see, I'm trying to remember. I know the first thing I loved was in, when they put out the trailer and the alarm sound. 
that, that was kind of predominantly sounded off in the trailer that yep. I recognized that right away just because I've seen those movies so many times. And uh, that right there, just the sound, it was like a, what is that, olfactory sense, you know? I know it's the smell that usually does that, but that sound, I was just like, yep. oh, like the old movies, this is going to be awesome. So, like, stuff like that I liked quite a bit. And just uh, any of the Stormtrooper stuff, because I love Stormtroopers. I think they're the coolest design out there um, for, like, you know, henchmen or whatever you want to call it. Um. So yeah, when I saw all that stuff, I was just like, "Yeah, I'm on board." And how great, how great was seeing Vader be the monster that there was so much talk about, but that we never really saw. Yeah, so that part I was literally tearing up watching <laughs> because it was like, "Oh, I've been doing this on a video game, but you never in all the movies you've never seen Vader go full Vader. You the- never have." The one, the one thing that I, the one thing that I'm bothered by about it is that, uh-huh. so that is basically to lead into a new hope. Like you could basically finish watching Rogue One, turn on a new hope, and they, you know, could run straight together. Yep. So that 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 essentially means there's 15 seconds of Vader being full Vader in that whole universe. So I, what I need is I need more of that. I need a full Vader being Vader movie. Right, yeah. Because that would be... because that's that was the one thing about that is he did all he did that full Vader thing, but then if you carry that over, you never saw him do that. And so you so am I supposed to think that that's the only time that ever happened? And if that's the case, why didn't why wasn't he being that badass like, you know, however long it was between that and when he found Leia. And then a few years later, he's just an old man who can't get around. Right. Well, I think I had a lot to do with the order of how these movies were filmed. And it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it is, it, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, they put in this badass scene, but then, you know, it seems like, yeah, that, I kind of, I kind of looked at it like, uh, like uh, um, it's one of those like less is more, and you get that little glimpse of how badass this guy could be. Yeah. So that's kind of way I'm looking at it, but I, I get what you're saying too. I I'm I am and don't I'm not taking anything away from it because I I absolutely loved it, and the first time I saw it, I I couldn't believe how awesome it was. And then I, I saw the movie again, I, I think, a couple nights later, and I was just waiting for it. And I, the first time I saw it, it felt like it was like a three-minute long scene. And then the second time I saw it, it was over so quick. I was like, I thought that was so much yeah. longer. But you realize that yeah. you just couldn't believe what you were seeing, that you were just so, like, just it's all dark, and you hear the you hear the breathing, and the, the fucking saber comes on. You're just like, fuck, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I was literally tearing up. And the next day on YouTube, somebody put that whole scene on YouTube and then edited it right into the beginning of A New Hope. Nice. So you got to see that that link in the chain. Yeah. So we're getting... The, the next thing we wait for is, is episode eight. And 
a funny it's, it's so funny mark hamill i heard i think he was on nerdist and he said uh-huh. that uh he because he didn't know you know he didn't know what was going to happen in episode seven and so when he finds out that basically he just turns and drops his hood and you know it, He's like, really? I trained like fifty-five weeks for this fucking movie, and that's all you're having me do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, obviously but I'm sure he got paid a lot of money for that for, five seconds he's in the movie <laughs> for sure. So we're obviously going to get a lot more about Luke, and the the movie is called the it's it's called the Last Jedi, right? Yes. So. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? I don't not what you've read, but if you were if you were going to make the movie, what what would it what would happen next? Fuck. Um, I think if I was making the movie, I would I want to focus more on the Knights of Ren. Yep. Kylo Ren's gang. That sounds awesome to me. I think I think I, we, I think like, we need an I think we need a Knights of Ren movie, right? And I, I hopefully that this movie will be mostly that because uh, I think that would be like you know he basically gets his boys together to go take down this chick who showed him up with the lightsaber skills, you know, real bully style, and uh, they have a big old fight that way. I think that would be a really cool way of doing it. Um, or even like, you know, those guys show up on whatever that weird little island is that Luke's on. Because it, it kind of alludes to that she's going to start her training with Luke wherever they're at. Yeah, because if, you, so if be- you think about it, that's like that's like the opposite of Dagobah in that it's a water planet, it looks like. But it's, oh, not, yeah, it, but it's not like dank and gross and swampy. But it's like... Right. You know, so I, that's and that's not something I've thought about for a long time. That's something that just occurred to me. I was like, well, you know, if she's going to start her training, Luke went to like a place that, you know, this is kind of like a nice Dagobah. <laughs> this like, is a summertime Dagobah. It's like it's like if Dagobah wasn't a giant dumpster fire of a planet, it might look something more like this. Right, right. I never thought about that. See, this, this is because I'm a genius, sir. Well, so that's why I, that's why I work in the oil business and have a podcast that 25 people listen to because I'm so smart about the movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's maybe not do that. Come on. I love all of you that listen to this podcast. You're the you're the best ever. We um we are over an hour into this thing and we've barely talked any wrestling and I know there are so many people that are disappointed that that hasn't happened yet. Um real quick you you've seen what many people are referring to as the greatest match of all time uh in uh Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada what did, what did you think about that oh just wrestling alone was awesome like and even the big bumps and stunts they did were just you know i don't know something about it and the flow of it was just different some from some other things i've seen um the fact that I didn't even know any real background to why they're fighting each other other than it was for a belt um, proves that, you know, that match was super entertaining even without a storyline, you know? Yeah, and 
I find it interesting that Kenny Omega managed to parlay that match, and I don't think for a second he had any intention of of leaving New Japan. No, but I the didn't fact, so but the fact that he was able to parlay that into you know weeks of speculation and talk about him to continue to build up himself as you know a, that big level of a star, I found that to be pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's uh between him and like the young bucks, they they just know how to do it, you know. They're they're promoting themselves the way most guys should be promoting themselves and you know, they uh I don't know, they just they're doing it right. I don't know what exactly it is they're doing, but you know, if for a guy like me who as of last year wasn't watching a whole bunch of New Japan or Ring of Honor, uh, but by word of mouth, you know, I was just like, oh, I keep hearing about these guys. I should check them out. And, you know, now I'm watching that stuff all the time, trying to catch up with it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty great stuff. I don't watch nearly as much of it as I would like to. I just I, I just don't have the time to, to devote to New Japan. And, and I, I, I mean, I watch Raw, but I generally record it and – watch the segments that I care about and fast forward through the stuff that I don't cause it's a three hour show and it's just too damn long every week. Yeah. And yeah. that's I, why I do the Hulu version for 90 minutes. Right. We, um, so, and of course we, uh, we're coming off the Royal rumble last week on the uh, job pod. We, uh, with uh, Rod, I talked about uh, all of our experiences uh, in San Antonio and our thoughts on the show. You watched it uh, on the network. What did you think about the show? Oh, the Rumble itself was kind of disappointing. <laughs> I uh, I was, you know, the last, what, three or four Rumbles have been really fun, regardless of who won, you know, like, Fun, fun, uh, you know, people showing up that wouldn't normally be there or, yeah. like, you know, just, like, kind of one-shot thing usually happens. There was none of that. I think uh, they had one of their uh, one of their lightweight guys in there, Gallagher, who I like. Yeah, that was a funny thing. I got kind of excited for that because I thought, you know, he's going to do all those, you know, funny wrestling moves that he does when he's on the other show. Um, and then let's see who was the, there's a Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Ty Dillinger was the other one that came in at 10. Which yeah. Was, we got the, the, oh, the Ty Dillinger yeah. 10. Yeah. It was a little obvious, but it was still fun. But in all reality, that's, and then that's the only thing I really remember about that rumble. Well, I can, um, I can, then, I can tell you had Ty Dillinger not come out at number 10, unless they brought in someone that people would have wanted to hate, like the Miz, people would have shit all over it yeah yeah it would have been like we riot the um the the show overall i enjoyed um i thought john cena aj styles is one of the best wwe matches i've i've ever seen just from i would agree just from the way they put it together and the pace and the moves and just it was it just shows you how fucking awesome AJ Styles is because I I respect John a lot, but John is banged up and John can't John can't throw a punch worth a shit and he <laughs> like you straight log. He just you know 
but he can still go. And when he is in, he's when he's in there with someone like AJ that can that can bring him up a level. It's it's something pretty awesome. And to see, I talked about this last week. It, when you see where AJ has come in a year in WWE after basically being told when he was done with TNA that WWE had no interest in him, the fact that he's been a main focus of this company for a year, I think is, is really impressive. And he's earned every bit of that and he's become skillful on the mic and his matches are awesome. And he just went out and proved that, you know, he can have, you know, some of still have some of the best matches in the world. Yeah, I, uh, I agree that guy, he's really good at working with all different kinds of people. I noticed his, his move set, works well for all different types and i have to i have to give credit where credit is due my buddy rod called the 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 finishing spot he right before it happened he goes you know cena has never blocked the the phenomenal forearm and he goes i bet uh, an, I, I he goes i bet an awesome finish would be aj goes for that and Cena grabs him and hits him with the AA. And sure as shit, like two minutes later, <laughs> we, we were both just like, oh my God. And it was the greatest thing. I thought it was a little much to do the AA roll through AA, but yeah, it, I was just like, do we really need that? I don't, I don't know that we really needed that. But I will tell you, that building was so electric for that. that I've I've been in... A couple of of real big shows for WWE. I was at the Royal Rumble with The Rock and CM Punk uh, main event. The people were really into that. And then being eighty thousand people at WrestleMania twenty, I don't know whatever it was in Arizona that I was at when uh, Sean and Taker had their their second match. That that was that was pretty impressive. But the way they had the Alamo Dome set up, where it was over forty thousand people, but it the it's a it's a dome but it's more of a flat roofed dome and so it felt like the sound didn't carry away as far as it does uh in other domes so i felt like it was real real loud in there and you could really feel all of the emotion and all of the excitement that the people had and even though people are prone to the john cena sucks and booing john cena when he won there was not a lot of John Cena sucks or booing at that point. I think everyone was just so impressed by what a great match that they had. Did that did yeah, that come across then, on TV? I think so. I noticed that night, or you know, because I know I've heard that WWE is bad about editing out certain sounds, but since it was live, I don't know how much they could do that. But uh, um, I noticed at the end of that match, everyone was just more happy that it was a good match, and that the fact that Cena won probably just. You know, it made me automatically think like, "Oh, we're gonna get some more good matches out of this." Yeah, it it was. I I would say that I didn't really hear any, and I would be the first to boo. Like I boo Cena all the time, just because I think it's fun to boo Cena. I respect John Cena uh, immensely. Um, I just think it's more oh. fun to to boo him just to be different. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, people that that would that were staunchly wanting AJ to win. You know, everyone was just. You know, applauding and 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 excited for how great the match was. 
Now, our good friend Roman Reigns, on the other hand, holy Christ. When that music hit, when that music hit for number 30 and he came out, I, I said this last week as well, I have never heard a louder pop for booze in my entire life. Like, it was crazy how loud it was and how, like, how many people, myself included, were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was uh, watching it with my niece, and uh, Bo was uh, sitting in the chair, because even though she doesn't like to admit it, she likes to watch it with us. And um, <laughs> I was like, because I was really hoping Kurt Angle would come out. Oh, God, that so was my, I. I was just like, come on. Angle, angle, and then Roman Reigns music hit, and I, I literally said the same thing. I looked at like my niece is eleven, and I don't curse in front of her normally, but I looked at Bo, and I just go, "What the fuck?" Like I was so angry. I was like, <laughs> "This is stupid." I go, "I'm just gonna turn this off." Like I walked out of the room. I was so irritated. Uh, but it was, well, it was. I was like looking at me, like, "I love how serious you're taking this." I'm like, "It's stupid." It was brilliant booking in the fact that for where they wanted to go and they wanted to put Randy over, and the only way I think for people to care that Randy Orton was going to win that Royal Rumble was for him to be able to to eliminate Roman Reigns because they knew everyone was going to shit on Reigns. So the fact that that, uh, Randy got to throw him out made the reaction to Randy Orton winning so much bigger than it would have been had he thrown anybody else out. So from that perspective, I I applaud them. The one thing that pissed me off is that we had two world title matches on that show, so and two guys lost, but only one guy lost got to be in the Royal Rumble. Why the fuck wasn't AJ in the Rumble? Right, and that that was my other thing is that 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 uh, uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns match was actually really good too. Yeah, it, that and, that one was that one was good. It it was a little tough tougher live to get into that match because they did the brawling through the crowd and stuff, and it and it kind of took us out uh, of the beginning live because you couldn't see yeah. him fight around and then come back in. But yeah, I was I was really impressed with that. And Kevin Kevin is just tremendous. I'm such a huge fan of Kevin, and uh, to see him, I was so happy that that. Uh, I didn't have to see both AJ and Kevin lose on the same night. Right. I've, I've said this before. I believe that Kevin Owens is my spirit wrestler. Yes. Yes. I, I would I agree with that. I watch that guy and whenever I see him do the things he do, I think to myself, like if I was wrestling, that's what I would have done. Yeah, so absolutely watching. So it'll be interesting. We got uh, as we're recording this. I think Elimination Chamber's on right now. I'm not going to get a chance right. to watch that show because I actually had planned on being in bed about 45 minutes ago. But uh, <laughs> duty duty calls, and you know when when I have the opportunity to podcast with a legend, I have to make sure I make time for that. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> So I did I did post on uh, Facebook if anyone had any questions about things they wanted us to talk about. And as usual, I got so many tremendous responses that I'm, I'm going to pick out uh, a couple of them here. Um, in the interest of keeping it light, what system of government would you choose for the new society that rises after the final season of America? 
well, Mr. Stark, fuck you. Because we don't need that kind of negativity. We are this is not the final season of America. This is this is that crappy bridge season to the greatness that comes uh on a really great long running TV show. You always have that one season where everything kind of sucks because they're trying to, you know, find new characters to talk about. So don't don't worry, we're going to be fine. We haven't jumped the shark yet. No. Well, I, we probably have, but we're going to we're going to make a comeback. We're we're about America is about to hulk up and drop the leg is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> shit i hope so um how great is tito's vodka uh tito's vodka is amazing as you well know mr stark as we enjoyed uh several drinks with tito's vodka i don't believe uh, my cousin skyler is familiar with tito's vodka are you no i didn't know uh, mexicans made vodka uh apparently it's a uh it's a vodka that is made here in texas and i that believe makes- I believe that you just did a racism, assuming that Tito was a Mexican. Cause isn't there I a, did. I'm an Oregonian. There's a black guy named Tito. He was in a real famous band. So, you know. It might be Tito Santana's vodka. I'm not really sure. Really? It could be. I don't know. I mean, it's a guy named Tito. How many How many could there be? It's Tito Santana or Tito Jackson. Those are the only two I know. So I'm assuming it has to be one of them. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. See, this I'm is what happens when I have... when I turn to Facebook, just things go to shit. <laughs> we, I, I'm imploring my fans that are listening to this podcast. So we got you got to come stronger than this. I mean, here, here's the next question: I'm a 27 year old college student. Should I be worried about bears coming onto campus? Now we talked about this question before we started recording, and you had an interesting uh, retort to that and, and a follow up question that you really needed answered before we were able to, to give him an accurate an accurate response to this question. What was your uh, reaction to that question? Well, is he talking about, like, the gay bear community? Because, I mean, in that case, if it's gay, if it's, if it's those kind of bears, I don't know that he should be worried. Um, <laughs> you know, just be – gay people aren't going to just attack you. I mean – that's not the way it works. You don't get you don't just get randomly attacked by women that want to have sex with you. Why would you just get randomly attacked by men? Right. So that guy needs to clear up his question. Yeah. So Jace uh, Jace Burr of uh, Minnesota, we uh, would need some clarification. Otherwise, I mean, you well, are I, you're a college. He's a college student in Minnesota. He, I mean, if he's talking about regular bears, um, I mean, I would imagine the occurrences of bears the animal showing up on campus is pretty unlikely, but you know, as, as we as humans continue to invade the natural habitats of wild animals, um, you, you, maybe you should be worried. I don't know. Why, why is your school in, encroaching on bears, natural habitat? So that's my question. I just wonder, I, I think that you said he was from Minnesota, right? Correct. Doesn't Minnesota have a large gay, bear community so i mean well i don't probably i don't know is he is he afraid he's going to become a cub he he might be a jace i don't know jace jace uh i'm not not sure that i'm not sure that the the bear community would jace is a pretty big fella not like fat or anything just you know he's tall and 
you know, an in shape, an in shape fella. So I'm not sure that he would. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think he would be. I think he would be closer to a bear. I was gonna say, you know, he could. I don't know. I don't know this guy, but I'm looking at his picture and I'm getting a cub vibe from him. But uh, do 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 bears go with other bears? So I watched a documentary about this. This is why I know so of co- much. Of course you did. And, of, yeah, that's I, I, that's that's what I would say too. Yeah, I totally watched a documentary about this. This is why I know so much. Go ahead. Right, right. I knew the joke was coming already. But this, they, they, coming they all over your cup. face, neck, and chest, sir. <laughs> they have their cubs, and that's like their, uh, um, like the unshaven, or I'm sorry, shaven, clean cut boyfriends and they call them their cubs oh okay i thought that i thought those were the twinks oh i think that's the name for them too but oh. i've heard the cub thing okay i mean that's what i heard i i don't know i didn't watch a documentary about it so i'll, I'll i will bow to your expertise on this subject well i'm just saying you are the one living in texas now hey the fuck's that supposed to mean <laughs> i've only heard two things i'm just saying you've only heard two things huh I've only heard two things that come from Texas. Oh, so, is that what it is? That's inappropriate. That's what I've that's heard. Inappropriate, sir. I've heard that. Man, Skyler, you you just you got all racist and homophobic here in the last few minutes. I can't even hardly believe it. I'm gonna what? have to. I'm gonna have to put up a disclaimer. Well, I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> no. Had- come on now. We've <laughs> we've all we've. I'm sure there's been worse things said. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I have a question. Do vegetarians eat animal crackers? I don't know. Do you just say vegetarians? Do what? Do vegetarians? Vegetarians? Um, speaking as a uh, loyal vegetarian, I occasionally eat animal crackers. So, yes, I do believe vegetarians do. As far as vegetarians, um, I don't know. Are they organic and locally sourced and free of animal byproducts? Then they probably would. My wife was a vegetarian for 15 years, 12 years, something like that. And she ate animal crackers. So I'm going to say yes. So Lindsay in Bartlesville, there is your answer. Jace asks, uh, can he be a vegetarian if he still eats fish? I believe that's a pescatarian, isn't it? I think that's right. If you, you eat vegetables and you don't eat, you eat fish, but not other, I believe that's a pescatarian. So no, you can't be a vegetarian and eat fish because that would be a different thing, Jace. So, but you could right. be a vegetarian or not. Um, Mr. Stark asked us a question about drugs. We don't talk about drugs on this show, so I'm going to pretend you didn't ask such a silly question. <laughs> and my thoughts on them are: it, it sounds maybe, like a wonderful thing, but we don't talk about drugs. I'm all for people. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Said so maybe it's a typo, and he meant to put thoughts on DDT. Uh, thoughts on DDT, the promotion or the move? The move. The move. Can I? I will say something about the DDT. Yes, go ahead. Can I just tell you how fucked up it is that that's just a a transitioning move that people use in matches? Jake Roberts Jake Roberts used to hit the short clothesline and drop fuckers on their head with a DDT and that shit was over. Now it's a move they do three minutes in. What the right. fuck? Come on. Yeah. I we, bet, 
We can I do better. The, I met the guy who took the first ever DDT from Jacob Snake Roberts. Who was that? His name was Len Denton. He's the grappler. Oh, Len. Len, Len Denton's on Twitter these days. Did you know this? Yeah, yeah, I follow him. He's the grappler, man. I, I, I sent him a couple messages. I have, I have some very cool memories about Lynn Denton from being a kid and uh, Portland wrestling. Right, yeah, he's uh, he's that school I went to for a night before I got my ass kicked. You you only went once. Yeah, because I got hurt. I broke, or I didn't break anything. I thought I broke my arm the first night. Well, I thought they told you you could go back. I could, but uh, I had a two thousand uh, dollar hospital bill from it, so oh. uh, I need to go back. <laughs> well, no, that was you were supposed to go back so that you could finish class and become a superstar wrestler, and then you would have the money to pay that back. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You didn't that's think right. you didn't think this through to the end. I guess I didn't. Come on now, <laughs> my good friend, my good friend Kylie uh, would like to know who I've got for the elimination chamber. Um, well, I'm like ninety nine percent sure I know who's going to win the elimination chamber. Um, so. I don't want to give spoilers out, but what? Uh, wh- who do you think is going to win? Who do I think is going to win? I think uh, I think uh, um, Cena's probably going to retain, right? That is incorrect. Well, that's what I think is going to happen. Do you want to know what I want to happen? Yes. I want the Miz to win. Ooh, I can also tell because you that. I'm, I can also tell. I can also tell you that's probably not going to happen. And I know it's not, but I wish it would because I know that would piss off a lot of people. <laughs> but in if you would, not a Roman Reigns way. If, if you would like, I can tell you what the finish is going to be, and then you don't have to bother watching the show. All right. Well, because I know what the plan is. Because I'm in. I'm I'm on the inside. I'm an insider. Oh. Okay. Because I because I pay Dave Meltzer ten dollars a month to tell me all the things that he knows. But I'll tell, right. I'll tell you I'll tell you off the air that way if there's people listening that I mean by the time they hear this it's probably going to be over but there's there's a very strong there's a very strong possibility that Bray Wyatt wins the elimination chamber to become the new champion. See, I I would enjoy that cuz that guy should have been champion a while back. Yeah, he should have and that's that's why he's not where he should be is because they've blown it with him a couple different times. But yeah, uh, and he needs to get I love Bray Wyatt, but he needs to get rid of that dumb denim hoodie vest. He looks so badass in it, though. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how bad that guy's hair smells? Oh, can you imagine how bad his fucking everything smells? He looks greasy as fuck. <sighs> so nasty. <laughs> so anyway, um, I would my my belief is that Bray Wyatt wins. And Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton uh, are one of the main events. Bless you. Uh, one of the main events for WrestleMania where Randy Orton then gets to become world champion because he let uh, Brock Lesnar beat the shit out of him at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, that's right. So this is this is Randy's this is Randy's comeback of this is they told him, hey, do this thing for us. And then. Brock really fucked him up, and they're like, oh, um, yeah, we're going to give you the belt at WrestleMania, and you get a big main event payoff. Yeah, here's your payoff. So that's 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 probably what's going to happen. But, you know, you'll all be able to listen to this, and 
you know, go on from there. Right. Uh, looks like my wife added a smart-assy comment about uh, Betsy DeVos. We don't need that negativity on the podcast or on my Facebook thread. I will kindly thank you to not do that anymore. <laughs> as, she, as she laughs in the background. All right, sir. Well, it's been uh, an hour and a half of actual recording time, and we've been on the phone for like two hours, so I probably should let you go. I uh, appreciate you taking some time. You will... Uh, You'll come back and talk. We'll talk after uh, after Logan comes out, after we both get a chance to see it. And uh, you can tell me how disappointed you are and everything that went wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we'll have all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. We got WrestleMania coming up. Lots of great nerdy things coming up. Um, what do we got? We got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to look forward to. We got Wonder Woman. Um, what else do we have? We got, uh, yeah, what else do we have? I can't think have, of anything right now. We have off Logan. Do we get, do we get, uh, do we get Ragnarok in November? Well, I guess that is in November. I'm looking forward to that because it's going to be Hulk as well. We're, go- we're going to Planet Hulk, motherfucker. Yeah. And then, um, we get a Justice League movie at the end of the year, don't we? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, why couldn't they why couldn't they just let uh grant gustin be the flash yeah i don't know bastards it's all in here oh well just dear dc please be better that's all we ask yeah shine a a little light on the movies maybe maybe it's time for Zack snyder to not do these movies anymore I mean, literally put some light in the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, let's get a little light. We need a little light in the darkness. Right. All right, folks. Let's. Uh, do we have any positive? Do we have any positive things to end on the program on? Uh, uh. Let's see. Oh my! My band has a sick show in March. Oh, sick show! Yes, we didn't talk. We we didn't even mention some bitch. Yeah, promote away, sir. Well, my band, uh, some bitch. I'm sorry, not my band. The band I'm in with three other guys, because um, they give me shit whenever I say my band. Um, some bitch. We are going to be opening in on March 25th uh, for Nashville Pussy and uh, the band Zeke. Nice. Uh, this this is a pretty big deal for us, considering that we are uh, not on any kind of level with those two bands. So uh, we we're pretty excited, excited about that. It's going to be in Salem, Oregon, uh, March 25th at uh, Shopsky's Pizza, which is pretty, pretty big deal for us. So we're pretty excited. Do you get free pizza? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> that was like the last thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that's all I really care about. <laughs> can I just can I just tell you how how madly I crave like pizza from Oregon, like. I need I need a Pietro's pizza or I need a uh a um what's the place in Albany? Um God damn it. What? Paddington uh no Paddington's in Salem. There's the one in the, Paddington's so good. I just if someone if someone could find a way to go and get me a Paddington's, wrap that some bitch up and get it to me like overnight, I would love you forever. Oh God! I'll get my I can't. I can't. I've I've never found anywhere else that does that kind of crust. 
You know, you got that. Patty, that's the one in Albany. Yeah, what? At Paddington's or the one in Albany? Any of them. Any of them? They got, like, just like, just like the, like, it's like the crust, like, at Pietro's. Like, it's that real thin. It's got the little, uh, it's so good. Oh, God. I'm so fat. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm a, I'm glad I made through this whole podcast without burping up the Chinese food that I ate for dinner. Well, sweet sweet panda. Yes. We'll we'll end on that uh, on that bright note. So if you're in Oregon, check out some bitch. Are you guys on? Do you have stuff online or anything? We just have Facebook. We are a super lazy band. We don't really have any recordings. There's some old recordings on MySpace, but it's crap. So. <laughs> So you can't check them out anywhere, but uh, if you go and if you if you <laughs> if, if if you ask Scott, if you follow Skyler on uh, you're on Twitter, right? What, what's your I am, but I, I'm barely on Twitter. Yeah, but if someone sends you if someone sends you a message, they'll get it. You'll get it, right? Yeah, it's uh, Skyler underscore Rancleve, uh, R A N D K L E V at Twitter. And then I'm on Facebook mostly. And then we have a Facebook page, uh, Some Bitch, on Facebook, where you can see lots of funny pictures of our performances and us acting like assholes. So you guys should really check that out. If, you, if you're in the area, go check out their show as they open up for Nashville Pussy and what was the other one? Zeke. Zeke. The band Zeke. So you can go check that out, get some pizza, have some fun. These guys put on amazing shows not that i've ever been to one i've just heard that they're awesome because i'm never in oregon anymore so on that note we're gonna get out of here Scott, thank you for being on the show we'll have you on again soon everyone else thanks for listening have a great week we have a, a special something coming up next weekend you're gonna want to be on the, the the watch for uh I have a special guest planned and a different take on this podcast so you want to stay tuned for that That's it for this week. I'm Dustin Jones. This is just another White Guys podcast. Always protect the five hole. It's just me against the world.